Greetings, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Bladed Apples, a horror podcast. Drop your trick or treat bag. You know, <laughs> just drop. It's just dropping your trick or treat bag. It's just there. <laughs> At some point, you may look into it, and you may find a tasty treat. Um, I mean, it's not going to be our episode. It's going to be a better podcast, but. You can listen in one hand and shit in the other. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) But yeah, this week, we're taking a break from movies. We're actually going to be talking about TV. Uh, Oh yeah, I'm Rocky. You are? I'm Blaze. And today, we're going to be talking about Are You Afraid of the Dark? I almost called it Alone in the Dark. I don't know why. <laughs> it is not that. <laughs> but not only are you afraid of the dark, the top three celebrity are you afraid of the dark? Yes, we aren't just going to be talking about any episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark. We're going to be talking about three episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark that feature celebrities. Before they were celebrities. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're going to be talking about Baby Goose, just in time for that Barbie trailer that came out like a month ago. Yeah, yeah, Baby Goose. Baby Goose. I almost had to ask what that was again, but (laughs) I remembered. Yeah, we're going to be talking about a video game, I think. Yep, Yep. two of them. Okay. (laughs) We're going to be talking about a folktale. Three of them. <laughs> oh, okay, there we go. And <laughs> we're going to be talking about other things um, that I didn't do any research for. We're going to just shoot from the hip. All right. Welcome to the world that's of podcasting. <laughs> shooting from the hip. Welcome to the world of podcasting, everybody. <laughs> but before all that, how you been, buddy? Oh, work, work, work. That's about it. You are just like that Rihanna song. Mm-hmm. That's, that's right. Also, I'm pregnant. <laughs> Your favorite artist, Rihanna. Hey, that's a nice Ant-Man cup, loser. Uh, yeah, they were giving them out at the theater because they're like, we didn't sell these. So we just, I like got a small drink, and they're like, here you go. Like these are just. They wanted us to get rid of them. <laughs> Did they sound that defeated? Yeah, they were not. Yeah, they were like this movie did not do well here. <laughs> I uh, I already have my ticket for Evil Dead Rise. Yeah, we we are probably seeing it on Thursday. Yeah, I got mine for Thursday at seven o'clock. Go see it with a buddy here. Um, Is it uh, me? Huh? Is it me? Yeah, yeah. You're coming up here. Oh, okay. <laughs> Eventually. I'll let Paige know. <laughs> You're both coming up here to see it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I already got a ticket for that, bought that today. But um, have you been watching anything this past week? Mm, trying to think, trying to think. Um, I had opened up Screenbox. And then Paige said, no. <laughs> then I opened up Shutter and she said, no. <laughs> then we watched the RuPaul finale. Oh, you did watch something be- between this episode and the last. Which? 
No, you know what you did. Well, you didn't finish it. <laughs> Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. So tell us, Blaze, about your experience with Super Mario Brothers. We made it 30 minutes before we just walked out. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was... It was rough, and I, I think the only reason it's surviving is because it's like parents are going like, thank God this little shit shut up for one hour. That's the longest he's not been screaming for, like, days. So I will go see this movie continuously with this child. I mean, the movie is a massive success. It made all of its money plus some back within the first weekend. The movie yeah. made $100 million and made $300 million opening weekend, I believe. Um, and then throughout the week, it made $400 million. I mean, it is a fucking juggernaut at the box office. Um, and I think it helps where you have a character that's just so widely known as Mario. Yeah, and, uh, I will. A couple things I'm going to say. It, it uh, honestly, the worst part was not Chris Pratt as Mario. <laughs> okay. So it was just, it was so spastic. And then <laughs> I think the funniest thing I think I saw that was probably true was there is like this picture of this guy who's like, man, that Mario movie sucked. I really hated it. And then, like, it gets dark, and there's, like, these Marios surrounding him. He's like, I think the sands of time are passing you by, Paisano. The target audience is not you anymore, Paisano. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, shit. Like, maybe they're right. (laughs) I, um, well, what what else was uh, terrible about it? Um, just like really nonsensical storytelling. Like number one, it was like okay when Mario's saving somebody, who do you assume it is? Oh, I already know this twist. <laughs> it's a, it's yeah, a, it's well, it's not really beat. a twist. No. It's just that Luigi gets kidnapped, which is fine. I'm I'm fine with that. But then the thing I didn't really get is that princess peach is the one who teaches Mario, like how to go through all the levels. And she's like an expert at it. And I'm like, how did you keep getting captured? (laughs) Well, well, boys, girls, girls get done. Well, I mean, they do, but it just (laughs) seems like a weird way to do it. Like, are you you saying girls don't get it done? Blaze? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying saying that. that. (laughs) Are you saying that you hate women? Blaze? No, <laughs> no, um, no. I don't know. It was just kind of weird, man. It was weird to see like this. Yeah, fuck you. I'm Princess Peach, and it's like, huh? That's not what I'm used to. <laughs> like, um, also the fucking Mario Kart scene. Jesus Christ! Like, oh, there's well, actually Mario Kart. Like, we gotta get there quick, and it's like. Let's get the carts. It's like what you never mentioned the carts. Like where'd they come from? It just you that, said. I believe Donkey Kong just consistently doing Seth Rogen laugh, and that's about all his lines. Of, <laughs> yeah, but you you didn't even make it that far. I made it right to the introduction of Donkey Kong, and then I left. Oh boy, um, you said that the movie is stuffed with like references and Easter eggs to the rest of the series. Or the, the games throughout throughout the uh, franchise's history, right? I mean, 
far as I made it, I mean, you'd see characters that you'd be like, oh, you know, it's like, uh, you know, characters you didn't expect to see, but, um, I think the most interesting part to me is that they use the Super Mario Brothers Super Show theme <laughs> for their commercial. You love that show for some reason. I I don't know, man. It was just like a weird, like, I'm a child and this is bright and color. Oh my god, it's all making sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's just bright and colorful and I liked it as a child. And now children like this bright and... You know what? It's a great movie. Take your kids. <laughs> Blaze, you're clearly not the audience. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not the audience, no. <laughs> no, there's it's been getting a lot of negative reviews. I mean a lot of um a lot of critics I trust at least have been not giving it great reviews. No, I, um, I, it's just like it it's literally just bright and colorful for some it, it's just for kids to watch. And obviously right. that's where all its success is going. I think that if you're going to have a movie, the the thing that will work best for the Mario Brothers film is if you're going to have a movie that's kind of celebrating the franchise while also making fun of it and jamming a bunch of Easter eggs into it, but has a sense of fun and respect for the material, they should have got Lord and Miller to do it. And we talked about this on the phone briefly. But Lord and Miller, who um, did the Lego movie, and they produced the Lego Batman film. I believe they wrote that. As well as uh, Spider-Man and sort of the Spider-Verse. Um, yeah. Those are, especially Lego Batman and, and Spider-Verse are both movies that have a lot of Easter eggs and references to two properties that have been around for a long, long time. And people really love. And packed with Easter eggs, but doesn't feel like you're getting knocked over the head with them. Like they're all fun yeah. and the stories are good and actually have a lot of heart to them. And it doesn't feel like just an advertisement for Universal's new Mario Brothers Park expansion. So, oh, yeah, that's all it is. <laughs> you know, which just opened in uh, on the Los California. Angeles one. Yeah. Yeah. But um, hasn't opened because it's going to be part of Epic Universe here in Florida. I got to um, say, though, like I was looking at like the Japanese menu for the Mario land, like their food menu is crazy. Like they have so many like good looking things yeah. and then it's like, what's Mario land LA like? And it's like, it's a burger. <laughs> it's like, ah, wow. <laughs> that, that checks out. It's probably yeah. mushroom burger. Fuck. God, no. Like, I love mushrooms, so it's fine. Uh, I talk about actual mushrooms, not the type that get you high. Because um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a fucking nerd. So <laughs> I'm a fucking loser. So, but uh, yeah, I, uh, I haven't watched it. Uh, I'm not in a hurry to see it. I'm sure it'll be on the streaming services soon. <laughs> not soon, but I mean, I mean, nowadays, all movies come to streaming services soon. Yeah, how fast it got released before, but I did see a few movies in theaters. I saw Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, we talked briefly about last episode, but I couldn't really add anything to it because I haven't seen it. But I have now, and I liked it. I thought it was really fun. It's um, great. I think there's a few too many subplots that don't get solved or wrapped up. <laughs> See, that's what I think is great about it because oh, I'm yeah, like, this is accurate. <laughs> like, yeah. 
Right. I was like, let's do this. Let's do this plan. And it's like, those didn't work. Okay, moving on. <laughs> yeah, right. But I thought it was charming and 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 I liked spending time with those characters. Um I think a good argument or counterpoint rather to Princess Peach in the Mario movie is actually Michelle Rodriguez. Oh, she's perfect. She's in so Dungeons lovely. and Dragons. Um, I think we talked about it on the show before. I know we've talked about it in real life, but I think that there's a problem with big studios making strong female characters that feel like they're pandering instead of actually just being characters. They're just like, we're going to overpower a character and not give you anything to root for because they have Jesus powers. And I mean, they do that with guys also, but it feels like definitely an excess of female characters because especially on Disney doing that. Well, you were, it, 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 I think their whole theory is it's like, write them just like the guys. And it's yeah. like, no, that doesn't make them their own character. Like yeah. That kind of, you had actually, I thought she was so great in this. Like, it was like, yeah, she was a badass, and yeah. she was the one who would take everybody out. But she had flaws, and she had, you know, a lovable side. She wasn't just, like, completely serious, angry all the time. Yeah, yeah. It, it was like she was directed by Zack Snyder. Okay, I just gotta ask. Remember when I brought up Bradley Cooper? Yeah. Did you love him? In his <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I thought that was so funny. That was pretty funny. It was. It's all right. Um, I, I I do like. I think I think there's a joke that kind of it doesn't tie directly into it. Kind of does uh, at the end that I thought was funnier. Whenever they're, they're, the quest is done and she receives something from somebody that's like Bradley Cooper. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a funnier joke. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I liked, I liked it. And, you know, the crowd, it played well with, for the audience. There's a decent crowd. It was um, at the theater down the road here. Tuesdays is $6 movie nights for all, oh, nice. all movies. Um, so it's a pretty good night for screenings at any movie just because it's cheap so people bring their families. But, uh I saw in a decently crowded showing and it played. People enjoyed it. People had a good time with it. Yeah. You see, that was what the funny part is, is that when we went, you could tell like it was, uh, people cut parties coming, like people who like brought their D and D group in. Oh, gotcha. And it was, it was a lot of fun because you know, everyone's kind of getting the inside jokes of it. Sure. And, um, it would just kind of blew me away. Like when they were like, "Yeah, this is good." I'm like, "Bullshit!" And then I went on. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I think I, I think at last episode, brought John Wick four, right? Yeah, you did. Probably last episode, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, but I did see another movie. I saw, um, um, Jesus fuck, <laughs> what I see. Jesus fuck. <laughs> oh, I saw Renfield. Yeah. I saw Renfield. Um, Renfield. It's uh, it's very runny fieldy. I don't know. It's listen. Yeah, you didn't seem that impressed. I I give it a three out of five. That's a six out of ten. Like, because <laughs> because you do halves also. So I give it a six out of ten. I, and I and I put a heart to it. Meaning I liked it. The thing with Renfield is. Everybody's excited because, oh, it's Nick Cage playing Dracula, and that's the stuff that plays. Um, the stuff that works is Nick Cage chewing scenery as Dracula is really good, and everything focused around him and Nicholas Holt as Renfield is really cool. That's all good stuff. Um, 
And whenever the movie focuses on their relationship and it being a toxic relationship and a controlled relationship um, as well, and somebody just trying to live for themselves and trying to get away from this abusive relationship that they're in, that's whenever it's really interesting. And I wish they would have leaned into that the whole movie, but uh, sadly, there's another movie wrapped up into it that has to do with, I think, a really miscast Aquafina as uh, a, a cop, as the only good cop on the police force in New Orleans. And there's this crime family involved, and and all the cops are corrupt except for Aquafina. <laughs> and I just don't buy Aquafina as a hero cop. I just, I don't. Uh, and she feels like she just miscast in the role. And she's a little off. I mean, her her and Nicholas Holt have chemistry, but just I'm just like, ah, why why is she in this movie? Like, okay, why is this whole plot in this movie? Um, because it's Honestly, starts with I, I, you know, I I see her all the time, but I can never like pick out like the only movie I really remember from that I really enjoyed was Ryan the Last Dragon. Yeah, she's Ryan the Last Dragon. I mean, I like Aquafina. Um, no, I like her too. It's just I can't really think of any part that I was like blown away by other than that one. She starred. She starred and wrote a great movie called The Farewell. Um, that was based off of her um, grandma battling with cancer and stuff. And that's a fantastic film. I think she's really good in Shang Chi. I think Shang Chi is one of the few good Marvel movies that's come out in the last few years. Um, uh, but I like I like her. I like you know her show and stuff. But I just feel like she's miscast in, in this movie. Um, and yeah, it's this whole like crime story uh, screenplay that feels like got meshed up with our Dracula movie. And just like, why the fuck is all this in here? Um, but the movie feels very comic booky, And it made sense because at the end of it, um, while I was watching the credits, Robert Kirkman, uh, who is the creator. I mean, he's like the C... CEO, I think, right now of Image Comics, but he's the creator of Walking Dead and um, Invincible. Haunt, too. Yeah, yeah, he co-wrote Haunt with uh, Tom McFarlane. That's right. Um, you know, I, I love Robert Kirkman. He's really funny. Also, you watch interviews with that guy's really funny. Never um, but he's uh, he uh, uh, came up with the story and produced this film. It's actually produced by Skybound, which is his uh, imprint, his comic imprint, or his entertainment imprint uh, subsidiary of Image. Uh, but uh, it feels like an image comic. Like the violence and the action scenes are super over the top. There's like weird characters in it. There's like at one point uh, a hitman that's like throws knives and is like dressed in like a skin mask and shit like that. <laughs> it's like what is this character? It's like and then when I found out Robert Kirkman uh, was it was involved, I'm like, oh, that's like a comic book character that's like in this movie. It feels like just so comic booky, uh, so much of it. But um, I mean. It's worth the watch just to see Nick Cage in it. It's only an hour and a half also. So it's not like you're going to be sitting there like, oh my God, this is two and a half hours. And there's some really good, fun moments. But for every really fun moments, there's like three duds to kind of bounce it out. <laughs> so wait for it to come on Peacock because I'm sure with how it's underperforming, like a motherfucker will be out on Peacock pretty soon because it is not playing. People are not seeing Renfield. <laughs> Um, but if not, if you just want to use your movie pass to go see something, waste some time. I mean, it's only an hour and a half long. And well, I mean, this weekend I got a lot to do because we got Evil Dead, we got Bo is Afraid. I I I I think that I know what my complaints about Bo is Afraid is going to be. 
just hearing advanced reviews. I already know what my complaint is going to be. And that's going to be, I'm, I'm saying it now, that my complaint, and I'm, I'm going to keep up with my watching it. This movie is almost three hours long. I know what I'm going to think by the end of it. And that's going to be Ari Aster needs to get a fucking editor. Because <laughs> yeah, that's what I felt with Midsommar. <laughs> and Hereditary, as much as I love it, is a little long in the tooth also, but it pulls it off. But especially Midsommar and this one, where it's just like, you need to get a fucking editor. You need you. I get it. I get that you want to throw everything in the kitchen sink in there. That's fine. You you need to cut some of this fat off of it. I know that's gonna be my complaint. Yeah, I mean that's fair too. Like I don't think a movie has to be that long to be something that's you know new and ingenuitive and creative. Like well, I mean, especially with horror and genre, is it, horror. It's weird, yeah, horror. Horror normally packs more of a punch the tighter it is. Like the longer yeah. you go with horror, the the less scary, the less impactful the movie can be over time. Like horror needs to be like thrilling, and if you're spreading it out too much, it becomes less thrilling because there's more time in between thrills and stuff, you know. Or yeah. or you get too used to what's supposed to scare you to make it not so scary. So, yep. I agree. Like I, and that's how I, I I did feel that way with Midsummer. Like the a lot of time. Like number one, um, with Midsummer, it's like I feel like it's overrated compared to Hereditary. Like I, it kind of blows me away. People like that more than Hereditary. I don't get no. why. Um, it needs to be shorter. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. So I can. I can agree with that. Like, I don't see why it needs to be so long. Um, I think Phoenix is going to do great in it, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure the cast would be great. I mean, he's in it. Nathan Lane's in it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see Nathan Lane. Yeah. And I, I know it's going to be creative and interesting and weird and, and disturbing in an Ari Aster way. But, I mean, like, as much as I love Midsommar, and I agree, I don't love Midsommar as much as I love Hereditary, um, I always feel that Midsommar could always tighten it up. And then whenever they release a director's cut that's even longer, I'm just like, fuck, like, <laughs> come on. Yeah, man. yeah. Uh, which is fine, you know. It's it's. Uh, I- I'm still going to see it. If I can find time this weekend, I'll see it. It's three hours in the Savannah Horror, Horror Con is this weekend as well. So we'll Are see. you going to go? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think we're going to um, Saturday. I was <laughs> trying to find. There's this movie that's actually streaming now, and I was going to ask if you had seen it. It's in in Nice Men or something like that. In E N Y S. It was in theaters like a really short amount of time. It's like an indie horror, like a folk horror, and. God damn, now I can't think of the damn name of it. I'll bring it up next time if I can remember. Um, I do know that we got a couple horror trailers that came out. Um, one I didn't watch, so I can't talk about it, but I know a lot of people... I watched, I watched the beginning of it, um, and then I didn't want it spoiled, so I didn't watch <laughs> any more of it. Um, but that's the trailer for talk to me. Did you watch a trailer for that? No. Um, oh, the, the, 
the little hand thing. Yeah. yeah. Is it like a I monkey did. paw? Is it like a monkey paw story or is it? It doesn't seem to be because it has nothing to do with wishes. Like it's just like a communication tool. Yeah, here there's a lot of practical effects in it. I know people are talking about it a lot. I didn't watch the whole trailer. I watched like the first twenty seconds of it. Yeah, I watched like a little bit of it, and that's about it. The uh, trailer I did watch, and I finally got my answer because I think a few episodes back, I brought up like I haven't heard anything about this movie. I don't know if they're still making it or not. But um, Voyage of the de- of the uh, last Voyage of the um, God damn it! I just completely blank because I thought the director's name. Uh, Demeter. Is that the name? The, the fucking new Dracula film. The new uh, Dracula film. Yeah, the, the the ship. The fucking goddamn Dracula's on. Oh. Uh, goddamn, what's the fucking <laughs> ship called? Yeah, the Demeter. The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Uh, directed by Andre Overdahl. Uh, which I'm excited about, because Andre Overdahl Directed Autopsy Jane Doe. And, great movie. And Troll Hunter. Didn't uh, watch that. <laughs> that one's great. Not, not the animated film, like Troll Hunter, the the uh, horror fantasy film. Um, and your favorite, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I mean, I liked, but you didn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> um. But yeah, he's making a new movie called The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Um, I know I referenced it a few episodes ago, um, not too long ago, because I was like, I haven't heard. We, I think we're talking about another Dracula film. We, we may have been talking about Renfield before it came out. I think it was our last Cage Watch, and I brought up this was supposed to be another Dracula movie from Universal called Last Voyage of the Demeter. Um, well, it's coming out. They released a trailer, and I think it's a super interesting concept because. Um, for anybody that knows the original Dracula, any of the original Dracula stories, even if it's Nosferatu, Dracula at one point goes from Transylvania to England on a ship that's called the Demeter. Um, when they find the ship, when it finally docks, um, everybody on the ship is dead. <laughs> and uh, Renfield is on the ship as well. They find him and he's completely mad um, because he was escorting Dracula as his... Uh, as it's familiar. But yeah, this is a movie about that voyage. Um, and every, I think in every adaptation, we never see that voyage. We just see like little, yeah. Well, so, you know, I mean, if it's like the Francis Ford Coppola, Bram Stoker's Dracula film, you see people getting like sliced up, but it's only like kind of like a montage flashes of what happened. Um, usually it just shows a boat docked, <laughs> and then, uh, everybody's like, Oh my God, everybody's dead on here. So it's going to be interesting. I think it's such an interesting concept to kind of just focus on this journey. Um, Dracula in the trailer looks more Nosferatu-ish. He looks like a creature more than a human, um, which is interesting. I think I think that was the same thing on um, uh, Brian Stoker's Dracula. He was more like, you know, creature-looking. Yeah, at the beginning. And then he got to England because he fed on everybody. He looked like Gary, o- yeah. more like Gary Oldman. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited for it. I think that comes out in like a few months. So, did you watch the trailer? No. Nope. No. It looks cool. I'll check um, it out. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's uh, about all the news. You got anything else? Nope. All right. Do we actually have a trailer for this. Um, I was thinking about just playing the theme song. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, 
Theme song time. <laughs> Theme song time. Are you watching Are You Afraid of the Dark? In the dark? Well, what are you afraid of? <laughs> What's so terrifying about tales of the unknown, the unseen, and the undead? After all, there is nothing in the dark that isn't there in the light. Or is there? Tune in for another tale of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Tomorrow at 7.36.30 Central on Nickelodeon. Because the real terror never begins until night falls. All right. Are you afraid of the dark, Blaze? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was wearing my Are You Afraid of the Dark sweater uh, at this uh, restaurant. And this lady comes up to me. And she's like, I'm not afraid of the dark. I'm uh, I'm afraid of what's in the dark. You remember that movie? You remember that movie of like, no? What movie is she talking about? I, I don't know. She was like, it's. I think it was a, with a doll. I'm like, I don't think so. I don't. I think that's just a common saying. <laughs> I think that's just. And she just like throughout the time she every time she walked by she would mention it. And be like, you find it? Did you find it? I was like, fucking no. It's the, this is the TV show. And she's like, oh, there. That's a TV show. Like. <laughs> Is that where they said that quote? I'm like, no! <laughs> it's just like, fuck! <laughs> like, leave me alone! <laughs> um, yeah, are you afraid of the dark? It's uh, for anybody that was born in the 90s or the late it's 80s. Or late 80s, you, you know, are you afraid of the dark? It, it premiered in 92, went to 96. And then, you know, uh, had a lot of reruns. It was on Nickelodeon. So if you're a 90s kid, you're probably raised on fucking Nickelodeon. <laughs> um, and it was created by uh, J.D. McCall um, and Ned Candle. Uh, J.D. McCall, um, he did a couple other TV series. He did the TV series for Encyclopedia Brown. Um, he also did the series uh, that I remember. I don't think it, it, I mean, I know for sure it didn't take off like Are You Afraid of the Dark? But I vaguely remember it a couple episodes of it, and that's Ghost Riders. Um, oh, man, I used to love that show, too. Yeah. Um, and he came up with that. Um, until he went, and of course, he became an author for um, young adult book series, uh, Pendragon and Morpheus Road. Um, not Canadian. <laughs> Unlike the show, which is Canadian. He's from New York. Um, what else did he do? Uh, he also did a uh, Tower of Terror movie, a movie based off of Disney's Tower of Terror, uh, that stars Steve Gutenberg and Kirsten Dunst. So really, yeah, huh. yeah. So um, that's probably bad. Yeah, probably. We should do it for an episode. Yeah. Okay. After you ride <laughs> the Tower of Terror, hey, it's coming up. Then you can Maybe. do it. Um, but yeah, it's uh. Oh, no, I mean, around this time, Nickelodeon had Are You Afraid of the Dark? And then a year or two later, Goosebumps started. I think Goosebumps started a little bit later. Um, but, I mean, you're either... It always felt like, hey, you're either a Are You Afraid of the Dark kid or are you a Goosebumps kid? <laughs> and uh, I was a bit of both, but... I was scared of both, so... <laughs> I liked both, but Are You Afraid of the Dark had the most memories for me. 
I think Goosebumps had the most memories for me. I think it was because um, my mom enjoyed watching Are You Afraid of the Dark as well. So, um, I don't know. Are You Afraid of the Dark was just kind of a staple in my childhood. So, mm. that's why I was really wanting to do this episode. Not uh, To this day, I still go back and watch those episodes just for the fuck of it. Yeah. Blaze, Blaze has been wanting to do this episode for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And every time, I mean, it's not even a great premise for an episode. I just no, it is. I mean, people people wanted us to do. I mean, I'm sure people want people to talk about. Are you afraid of the dark? I'm sure this podcast already fully devoted. Are you afraid of the dark? But um, people were really excited way back near the beginning when we did the Goosebumps episode. Yeah, I'm sure that here's your Are you afraid of the dark episode, kids? (laughs) Here you go. Hope you're happy. The celebrity episode. Yes, we aren't just talking about any episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark. We're talking about three episodes. And each one stars somebody that is uh, that went on to a bigger career. One of them was, already had a career at this point. Um, uh, then she went on to another big show after this. Um, and now she does a bunch of Jesus shit. <laughs> The second one stars somebody that went on to headline one of the biggest horror franchises of all time. Yeah. And the third one stars somebody that went, uh, grew up to fuck Eva Mendes. So there you go. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, are you afraid of the dark? I don't know what else there is to say. Um, For anybody that doesn't know what the show is, um, that, just never watched it or um you know maybe it was it was around whenever you were young um either was before your time or after your time um are you for the darkest anthology tv series uh aimed at i don't think little kids but young adults um yeah i would say young adults because it originally premiered on uh uh nick at night or snick yeah yeah, it was it was it was running on Nickelodeon and some can- Canadian station, I believe, at the same it was, time. It was oh, that some ranch show, like some. It was oh, those hey, dude. Two. Yeah, I think it might have been that one. Yeah, I remember. Hey, dude. Hey, dude. And what's the fucking uh, what's the camp one? Which also oh, fucking, we need to talk, huh? Salute your, Salute your shorts. We need we need to have an episode talk about the the scary episode of that with the fucking plumber. Oh yeah, I Remember forgot that? about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we should totally do that. Because that episode scared the fuck out of me as a kid. Um, Actually, one of the episodes we're talking about today of Are You Afraid of the Dark was the one that scared me the most as a kid. Okay, all right. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, I feel like it was aimed at the audience. Yeah, it, it was a little bit for a while there, a little bit later in the evening. Uh, for Nickelodeon, but then they started showing it like in the middle of the fucking afternoons. <laughs> yeah, like uh, eventually, I think it went on to the regular schedule because it was so popular. Yeah, and I was just like, "Why are they showing this to little kids?" And they would run off because they'd be afraid. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I was always terrified, but I watched it all the time because we loved it. I don't yeah, know. yeah. I mean, I mean, that's what it's supposed to do, right? Yeah, it's the effect it's supposed to have, but um. Yeah, I mean, it ran for five seasons, I think, four seasons in its initial run. Um, yeah, then it came back for like a season or two. Then it came back 
uh, it ran from like 1990 to 1996 in its first run. Then it took a couple years off. It came back for one season, 99 to 2000. Um, and then I think it was last year or the year before mm-hmm. they did a, a. I didn't watch any of those. But. Yeah, it came out in 2019, which is still running, apparently. Uh, I guess they're, they're going to be doing another one, um, which came out. Okay. Did, did it come out on Paramount Plus or did it come out on. Yeah, it's on Paramount Plus. I just, I, you know, I, I don't think. Like that, it worked for me as a kid. I don't think new episodes would work for me. There's a reason, and you can probably see whenever you watch these episodes, it's like, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm not the audience. Like now, now the closest thing you're going to get to Are You Afraid of the Dark at the age we are now that still has that kind of effect while staying with like the same premise, but it's aimed at a little bit more of a mature audience is is uh, Midnight Club. So, <laughs> and that's only one season. It's like it's it's going to be done. It's they decide not to do a second season for that. So, um, but yeah, uh, are you afraid of the dark? It was an anthology TV series focused on the midnight club or the midnight, midnight, midnight society, society, midnight society, which is a group of kids are just fucking hanging around a, a campfire somewhere in the woods. I don't even know where their fucking parents are. I don't know if they're even concerned about where these kids are. They all meet up there at night after their parents go to bed. You fool. Oh, just like, just like midnight club. I mean, they're they're in a hosp- they're in hospice, but they they meet up after hours. Yeah, none of those kids are dying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some of their careers are dying. So, <laughs> one of them went on to uh, 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 be in Mean Girls. So. I mean, one of them went on to have really uh, a pretty good career in TV, a really big career in TV. She was in uh, the Reba McIntyre show, Reba, as her daughter. Um, okay. there. she's on a whole bunch of other TV shows. She's one of the girls, of the midnight society. Um, and there's a couple other ones that, uh, had a, a lot of TV work after this still to this day. Um, but most of them didn't. Um, I think that the main, uh, kid, he's, he's like a producer or yeah. something now. For, yeah. He's, yeah. uh, he's, uh, cause I was looking that up. Ross Hall. Uh, yeah. Ross Hall, he, he seems to be doing well. Yeah. Um, he's, he's also, he's a TV personality. Um, and he's, a he's had a long weather anchor career as well. Uh, he's been, Oh really? I didn't know that. In, uh, in Canada. Um, but, uh, yeah, the midnight society, they, they meet up and they tell each other ghost story, whatever ghost story or horror story that is. Um, that's the episode. (laughs) That's, that's your 24 minutes. Um, and uh, they they start off by being like, uh, "Hey, here's my towel." And they take some powder and they throw it on the campfire, and it shoots up flames. And you know what that stuff actually is? That that magical sand that they throw on. Oh God! You know, I was watching a, a Nickelodeon documentary, and they mentioned it, and I can't remember. It's coffee mate. That's right, because it it actually like sparked up when you put it in there. Yeah. I can't drink coffee made anymore. I'm like, that shouldn't be something I put in my body. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they threw coffee made on the fire, makes the fire explode. Um, and they tell the story and that was every episode. Um, and then, you know, at the end it would get capped, um, wrapped up by going back to the midnight society. They would explain like, Oh yeah. Wasn't that scurry? And they're like, Oh sure was. And then and they try and play a joke on someone related to the story or something like that. Yeah. And then Greg Hall would throw the water onto, uh, 
onto the the campfire and then be credits um it would also start whenever before they throw the sand onto the fire they'd be like for your consideration uh which is actually a reference to the twilight zone um jd said that in in the interview so um yeah you want to jump into this yeah uh we'll start because we're already balls deep because we've already been talking about for (laughs) 15 minutes (laughs) so first episode uh starring a very young melissa joan hart yes and why did you choose this one uh, well, number one, uh, it's one of the bigger names involved with our You Afraid of the Dark. Uh, she's super young in this episode. And she also uh, went on to be like one of the premier 90s Nickelodeon kids uh, doing things like Clarissa Explains It All, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, like and, just about anything you could think of. And she was um, already, uh, Clarissa Explains It All had already aired before this episode. Like it was already right. two or three seasons in at this point. So she was already known. Right. And, um, I don't know. So that was, uh, one of the ones with a bigger name in it. Uh, there's a few where it has like, you know, like the comedian Bobcats in it, but I, I don't, wouldn't say enough people know Bobcat over Melissa Joan Hart. So yeah. Yeah. Well, um, she does, she does, uh, God's not dead too. Now remember that movie? Nope. Never will. <laughs> Um, so, uh, her episode was in season two called Tales of, uh, the Frozen Ghost. Was this the one that scared you as a kid? Yeah, it was. It scared the shit out of me as a kid. Ghost kids still scare me today. (laughs) So, So, um, Melissa Joan Hart is the babysitter for a young, rich piece of shit little little puss puss boy he's, he's, he's not really that much of a piece of shit he's just very sheltered but he's not like a dick <laughs> no he's awful um and he ends up going to stay uh his parents have to go to a wedding they want a babysitter with him which is really weird to me that they would send a babysitter to his aunt's house that he's never really stayed with but they contacted the aunts that he's never stayed with to go watch him but they send a babysitter with him to his aunt so it's like why didn't you just hire the babysitter at your house but but whatever yeah (laughs) but i digress (laughs) i digress yeah so they go in and they meet the two uh sweet old ladies who happen to be this young piece of shits uh aunts And uh, while he's staying there, they start kind of giving him the the family history of how uh, they don't ask for money from his parents because their fathers both had like things going on, which is kind of weird to me that the sisters of his parents are so old because they look like they're in their 70s, 80s. And this kid's like 10. Ghosts? (laughs) Oh, he's an amazing actor. Oh, he's fucking awful. Oh, he's a dick. Um, uh, yeah, and he's also maybe uh, slightly agoraphobic. Yeah, doesn't like going and doing anything. Okay. So Melissa Joan Hart's just kind of like, you're a fucking pansy the whole time. Hey, let me go draw your bath, you rich pansy. And <laughs> She's so mean the whole, the whole way through. There's not like a moment of redemption for like, you know what, I've been a real dick to you. No, she's a complete bitch to him the whole fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I would be too. Fuck that kid. <laughs> 
little nerd, little bull haircut bitch. Um, that was a style for the time. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I had one. <laughs> but um, we're gonna get to way more '90s haircut in a couple episodes. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. So after you know hanging out at the ants, he starts hearing a voice, uh, comma uh, like saying something, and. <laughs> She breaks open to where he's taking a bath, and she's like, hey, you little pansy bitch, dinner's ready. And he's like, okay, well, I'll go down to dinner. And then the ant slips about there being a fucking ghost. And he says, ghost? Like, 12 times. He says it like that every time, also. Ghost? (laughs) And they're like, yeah. She's like, oh, he's not afraid of ghosts, right? (laughs) like jesus christ um so eventually they they tell some story of how they hired their family hired this like groundskeeper but he was a criminal and they don't really go in they're like he was a bank robber or something like that and then he disappeared and they arrested him or whatever somewhere else (laughs) and like yeah but What's the ghost? They're like, oh, it's a little kid. It's <laughs> <was> like, what? <laughs> like, like how'd that happen? Mm. Yeah, it's like, mm. so they all go to bed. Little pansy boy has a dream, <laughs> and he's got this view from outside of a log, and he sees a guy screaming at him through the hole in the log, uh, telling him to give him that, and he ends up pulling off the jacket. Um. So as we go through, they end up going outside. Him and Sabrina, the teenage witch, get in a fight. (laughs) uh, She starts throwing mud at him, calling him a pansy. But now they both hear the sound of, I'm cold. What are they? (laughs) I'm cold. Is Is that what she's harassing him outside? Yeah, she's that like, happens when they're by the like, Hey, I'm gonna get you dirty. It just takes mud and throws it on his fucking shit. Yeah, like well, they're fighting and doing that. What, what, because what would what was the story though that the aunts say exactly though? Whatever they're like, oh well, my dad gave solace to a criminal that worked for us or some shit. No, no, no. It was their his parents parents were like, Hey, you know, we're gonna hire this guy, he seems great. And then the aunt's parents were like, no, 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 he's like, uh, uh, he's a criminal, he's a bank robber, don't trust this guy. And that's kind of where it leads. So you kind of figure out like, oh, the kid died because of something the robber did. And what you find out what it was is that he took his jacket and it was cold. And apparently he didn't want to walk the 500 feet to go back into the house. So he froze to death and died in a log. <laughs> See, mine was just like, where, where, earlier in the episode, I'm like, oh no, they're actually going to talk about sex crime, are they? <laughs> and I'm like, this is, this is pretty yeah, from Nickelodeon. <laughs> I don't care if yeah, so, it's at night. <laughs> so the kid, the little ghost kid just keeps appearing and saying he's cold. He's like, I'm and cold. I'm cold. <laughs> and little blaze was like 
Yeah, I was flipping the fuck <laughs> out. I was like, oh my god! Like, oh my fucking god! He's cold. <laughs> I'm so scared. <laughs> and the best thing is that the kid they have as the ghost is like the worst actor. <laughs> I don't know. That He's like, I'm cold, and he just kind of stands there, like looking around. <laughs> yeah. Well, eventually the kid ends up pointing at a log. And the main kids like <laughs> that's that, that's the best that that's what I was thinking of. Brian was just referencing. I was like, he kind of just points in a general direction. He's like, nah, there. I like, don't know. That's the log from my dreams. <laughs> and guess. Melissa Joan Hart's like, oh fuck, there is a ghost, you little bitch. <laughs> and so he walks up to the log, finds out that the jacket's in there, pulls out the jacket, and a key falls out. And he hands the jacket to the ghost, and then the ghost doesn't look like a ghost, and he smiles and goes <laughs> to hell. <laughs> I assume to solve. Yeah, all all he needed was just give his jacket. He's like, oh, I'm not I'm not cold anymore. All right, yeah, nobody. <laughs> no, he that kid waited twenty like uh, well, however long, long he did longer than longer that. Than twenty years, uh, seventy years, sixty yeah, years, something like that. Because there, it was their parents before they were born. So, and so this whole yeah. time it's just been like, "Burr, I'm cold. I need a sweater." And I was like, "Fuck that!" Uh, woo! <laughs> um, I don't want this kid. To- at no point was this kid he couldn't get near anybody else to be like hey and just like nonchalantly kind of point at the log again just like there over here (laughs) everybody's just like oh my god it's the scariest ghost I've ever seen yeah so after they come in they're like oh we saw the ghost and we helped him the aunties are like oh wow that's great well what could this key be for blah 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 and they're like, oh, it's for the stove oven that came in and we were talking about the flu because it keeps the house warm. And we mentioned that during dinner, but it doesn't seem like a big thing to mention when reviewing it for a podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> and they're like, this is what opens the flu. And you're cha-ching, money falling down the flu. A, a whole bunch but of... But they open it and apparently <laughs> 70 years before the 90s, they used gold doubloons in the U.S. Please, please, those weren't gold doubloons. Those were clearly chocolate coins. Well, well yeah. I mean, and how, and how they didn't get melted by the fire. Is yeah, I don't me. know. But <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh, and they're just like... What? And then Melissa Joan Hart's just like, well, I guess you guys won't have money problems anymore. And then the aunt looks over like, jeez Louise. <laughs> the most 90s indie you could have. The, the moral of the story, of course, is that it's okay to be completely prideful because things will just work out to where <laughs> it'll be okay in the end. But you can be completely prideful and petty over family matters and it's fine. <laughs> right. Probably a bunch of gold chocolate coins <laughs> hiding somewhere in your house. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, they go back to um, uh, the wrap up. They go to the campfire, Midnight Society. Uh, does anything happen at the end of that? That's she just keep on making cold puns. The girl is telling yeah. her a lot of cold puns, and none of them work. But she thinks no, they're very clever. But um, 
they were all wearing their jackets, even though they were all complaining about being super hot. But apparently this story made them all cold. It made them cold. It made them cold because, I mean... They're cold! <laughs> the, story, the story isn't set in a cold place. It's not set in the snow. It's not even set in the... No, that's the other thing that got me. Like, there's no snow around. Like, how did this kid freeze to death? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, how did he freeze to death? He's just like, ah... Uh, well, I guess he was, like, the the uh, main kid. What's his name? Charlie? What the fuck is the kid's name? I don't know. Uh, just like him, we're just like, I'm not allowed to get cold or it'll kill me. It's like, how cold? <laughs> like, I don't know. If it's just a little brisk outside, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's it. Like, <laughs> if I if I even see if I see a bottle of brisk, I'm dead. <laughs> just the thought of being cold, like that looks like some cold tea. Dead. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> iced tea. <laughs> don't say I I I, I ice. <laughs> I'll become a ghost. <laughs> so basically, this kid's the shittiest Casper the Ghost impersonator ever. <laughs> All right, but uh, that is the first episode. Um, which goes to our second episode, <laughs> which is uh, the Dangerous Soup, which is kind of a wild episode. <laughs> I, you know what? I uh, this one may be my favorite one. Because of the ending, because <laughs> I'm like, oh, this this episode went there. I, th- I think the other two, how the end is kind of a positive note. Spoilers, <laughs> but uh, this one doesn't. <laughs> um, this one starts Neff Campbell. It sure does. Uh, uh, known for scream fame, <laughs> and and uh, making out with Denise Richards and um, wild things. <laughs> That's all. This oh yeah. <laughs> What a great movie. <laughs> Actually, you know what? It, the wild things in all honesty, I know it's infamous just for the the, the scene with them. Um, but really that's a pretty decent erotic thriller. Um, yeah, I actually that. like Paige showed me that and I was like, I kinda like this movie. Yeah. Um But yeah, so Nev Campbell, um we're did does this does the restaurant have a name in this episode? I can't remember the name. But I, there's some uh, pfft, slimy looking motherfucker who wants a job. So by the yeah, well, we'll get to that. So uh, dangerous soup. It stars Nev Campbell. She is a hostess slash waitress at uh, a restaurant owned by a doctor Vink, um, which she also make. <laughs> um, they say a word that I was just like. Are you allowed to say that? Because I always thought it was a racial term, but <laughs> but there's a Fink joke in it. I was just like, are you allowed to say Fink on an episode? I don't know. I, didn't, I don't know. I don't know. I always felt like that was, you were supposed to say Fink. I'm not sure. <laughs> but um, You're saying it a lot right now. <laughs> well, yeah, but I, I mean, that's only because I had to save all the N-words I'm going to say for the next episode. <laughs> the third episode we're going to be talking about, I'm going to be dropping N-bombs left and right, so you better get ready. Okay. <laughs> no, apparently by by the description, the it's it's Doctor Vink's soup restaurant. So this is a restaurant that that's all he sells is fucking soup. Apparently, I don't know. But um, we're introduced soup. They have uh, not quite Goodfellas quality tracking shot into the restaurant. An old couple check in with the hostess and they follow them to their table. And she's like, here's your table. And they're like, thanks. And all three of them look at the camera. Uh, they aren't supposed to, 
but for some reason it's impossible for them not to. They're just like, fuck this, we're breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> they didn't retake really this. You know, it's is dangerous. <laughs> like, we re- we already took this scene seven times to keep on looking at the fucking camera. <laughs> Never mind. It's fine. Um Yeah, and, and uh they sit down like we don't want the menus. We're we're gonna get the soup. <laughs> And she's like, we know what we're getting. Of we're course, because it's a soup restaurant. So, of course, you can get the fucking soup. What else are you going to get? <laughs> Turns out, uh, we find out in dialogue not too long after that, the soup costs 100 bucks a bowl, and you can only get one serving. Yep. Um, now, Campbell plays a character named um, uh, Nani. Nani. Um, and, yeah, Nani is a waitress, hostess accountant at one point she's doing like <laughs> the receipts and all that at, at a table whenever her interview comes in she does she you know she wears a lot of hats <laughs> i'll say that she wears yeah. a lot of hats um we find out like i said dr vink um he's not just a chef he's a professor he owns this restaurant um and at the cold opening of this episode um after we get introduced to the tell we see a person that's in a room in a chair and the chair uh, locks him in with these bars. And the the wall opens up to a gargoyle that's like, hey, I know what you're scared of. And it shows her fear, which, um, what is in the first part? I, is the first one the funeral one? Uh, no, that's later on. Yeah, that's later on. Uh, snakes. I think it was snakes. snakes. Yeah, I thought it was like snakes or bugs or some shit. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't get explained at all. What what that is? Um, they actually play it pretty close to the chest. Um, so uh, <laughs> Nani is 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 balancing the books <laughs> at the restaurant because not only does she a waitress, but they also trust her with all the expenses <laughs> in the restaurant. Yep. <laughs> um, and uh, a, a guy comes in there uh, who is definitely not dressed for an interview. At all. Trust me, I do interviews. If you came looking like this to interview, I, I would tell you to leave, probably. <laughs> I tell you to leave or I'm not gonna hire you. Like <laughs> um, but uh it comes in uh in a jean jacket and a shirt wrapped around his waist and fucking his hair lazily pulled back and he sits down for the interview and is immediately a dick to Nev Campbell. <laughs> He is the worst interviewee ever. He's just a fucking asshole, Nev Campbell. <laughs> um, just giving her sass, and she's, she's like, tired. You're tired. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Um, she works with a sassy friend who's also there. Um, that's her character. She's sassy friend. Um, <laughs> yeah, we get introduced to Doctor Vink after. Um, uh, what, what the fuck is the guy's name? What's the, but what's the, the homeless person she interviews? Uh, Reed. Uh, after, yeah, Reed. There it is. Yeah, he's asking about the stuff in the restaurant. Dr. Vink comes out. And uh, he's played by a character na- actor named Aaron Tager, um, who actually played Zebo the Clown in a previous episode. Um, played a couple other characters throughout the series. But he's actually... Uh, he died a few years back, but he's actually... Um, one of these guys was in a lot of TV shows and secondary roles. He's just one of those guys, um, character actor types. He um, comes out. He's got long hair with a ball patch on top, though, <laughs> and a beard. And 
He looks like somebody you don't want cooking your meal, but um, somehow he owns a restaurant, so. <laughs> a very successful restaurant. Super successful restaurant. Soup. And everybody's addicted to the bowl of soup. Did you have any guess of what was really going on? Did you forget about what was happening in the episode and you're like, what are they putting in the soup? Oh, yeah, I totally forgot. <laughs> what did you think it was? What did you think it was at first? I, I thought I thought it was urine. <laughs> They're like scare the piss out of <laughs> there, There's part of me that thought it was like fucking uh whatchamacallit a Futurama. Was Slurg? What the fuck is that drink Slurm? Slurm. The soda? Yeah. <laughs> when, when it's a giant slug thing that's just fucking like they're using its udders to make it. <laughs> um Yeah. Uh I, I I my guess was completely wrong. Um but Reed gets hired. They they go in shenanigans. Um, they're trying to figure out what's going on. People are buying soup. <laughs> that goes on for a while. Uh, uh, her friend gives Reed a taste of the soup. Yeah, yeah. Reed tries to steal a taste of the soup. Nev Campbell catches him doing it. Well, no, Doctor Ving almost catches him doing it. Nev Campbell covers for him. And then uh, Reed wants to have a heart-to-heart with Nev Campbell being like, hey, I've been a complete fucking douchebag. <laughs> I've been a real rat fink bastard <laughs> to you this whole time. And you're Nev Campbell. <laughs> huh? And you're Nev Campbell. You're Nev Campbell. You outrank me. <laughs> and this is also, we didn't mention, this is literally like two years before she did Scream yeah. and and The Craft. It's like two years beforehand. Um, so she was about to blow up. But... um. He has like this heart to heart. It's the most awkward apology ever. It goes on for way too long. He's like, are, are you saying sorry or not? Like, Jesus, fuck. Um, the whole time. I'm saying sorry, but I'm making excuses for my actions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nev Campbell's friend at this time is. Uh, she She's getting pissed about work stuff. And she's yelling at Dr. Vink. And. Um, I can't remember. Why, why is she fucking upset? She's fucking just upset about work shit. I don't know. Because <laughs> somebody went missing. Like, and... Going missing or quitting? Yeah, or quitting. And she's like, what happened? Why are they doing this? And he's like, do you really want to know? Do you really What's the explanation know? of why? I mean, it's kind of half-assed, but <laughs> just after what happens to them, they just quit. They're just like, I forgot, and I quit. I guess that's, that's what happens. And yeah, he's like, do you really want to know? She's like, yeah. It's like, okay, well, uh, come, come into this. It looks like a, like a industrial freezer, um, or cold storage. Yeah. And, uh, she goes in and she sits on the chair. And of course the gargoyle comes out and says, I know what you're scared of, which apparently is a pendulum, which seems like a pretty practical, <laughs> a pretty practical thing to be afraid of. Like, a pendulum. Yeah, it's almost team. like. <laughs> Somebody pointing a gun at me. I'm like, oh shit, I am scared of that. You're afraid of getting shot. <laughs> like, I am ah, afraid of getting shot. I knew it. I've waited to do the, the abscess of your mind and found your deepest fear, which is the, the concept of death and the concept of death being shot in the face. <laughs> it's like, ah, very, very original fear you have there. <laughs> <laughs> like not a lot of people are being are scared of being shot in the face. <laughs> people usually take that really well. 
Ah, it took all the cosmic powers of the African gargoyle to search into the crevices of your flesh to find the fear of being shot in the face. Oh, oh, that doesn't work for you? Well, here's a homeless person with a broken beer bottle that's going to stab you. <laughs> Uh oh, looks like you're going to have to declare bankruptcy on your tax forms. Look outside the freezer window. That is your car being repossessed. <laughs> 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 so she was afraid to get sliced up, which is pretty practical. Um, they hear her screaming. Reed is still apologizing during this whole time. During this whole time, he's still going on. Yeah. The <laughs> other thing is, is like, I like imagine if this was an adult thing, they could just like go way off. It's like, ah, you're in the fear, the fear zone, and then it's like, oh, that's weird. I'm in the freezer and I'm getting a call from my wife. A miscarriage <laughs> this far in? Like, oh god. And then they're like, ha ha, just kidding, we needed to make some soup. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ever use a gargoyle for that one. <laughs> yeah, she's fine, she's fine, she's fine, your kid's good. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it, it couldn't happen, but it's not related to this. <laughs> that was just like a prank. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, hello, doctor. The results are positive. Oh, god! Like, ha! Ah, just kidding. It's for soup. Like, just kidding. But just in it's case, like, you're probably not funny. Fink, like, what the fuck? But, but probably just in case, we aren't going to serve this this batch. <laughs> Just, just in case he does have something in his blood. Yeah, I'm actually feeling a little guilty about that one. Like, I better, I better really reel these in. My question is, my question. Is, I gotta go back to shooting people in the face. This is too much. Like, my question is, do they explain why, why is he a doctor? He's like an archaeologist. He's like a doctor in archaeology or something. Yeah, because they explain... Or maybe he's a doctor in cooking. I don't fucking know. <laughs> maybe he's a Swedish he's a doctor in a lot of things, Rocky. <laughs> I'm trying to get answers here for our viewers. And you're not helping me at all. No, I'm just saying, like, he, there's so many different kinds of doctors. <laughs> and uh, Dr. Doolittle. Like, there's just Dr. so many Doom. horrible things, like... It's like, man, what a beautiful life you must have if your main fear is a giant pendulum <laughs> chopping yeah, you in half. That's all. You're like, you must feel really safe yeah. most of the time to have something that wild. She's like, because it's like, like a man, it's like being a modern day woman. Oh, it's like, <laughs> hi, you're jogging outside by your fucking self and a car is going slowly next to you. That's fucking scary, real shit. And that's going to make some tasty fucking soup. 
<laughs> I mean, like, just, but no, Nev Campbell's afraid of a fucking pendulum I mean, from the uh, Edgar Allan Poe bullshit. That's, that's not what Nev Campbell's afraid of. That's what her friend's afraid of. Oh, yeah, that's right. Like, uh, I mean, really, I mean, in, in all honesty, a, a woman would just have to, like, if it's a woman nowadays, as long as they're not some crazy conservative, <laughs> which is just a conservative, uh, it'd probably just be waking up and realizing that guns have more rights than you. <laughs> just be like, oh, my God. It's just like, like this cup <laughs> overflowing, this giant fucking cup, <laughs> done. <laughs> no gargoyle needed. It's just, that's all. You know what? I'm thinking we can open a buffet. Hey. <laughs> Self-serving fear soup. Fucking soup. Oh, yeah. That's the secret ingredient. Fear. <laughs> this motherfucker owns a soup kitchen. <laughs> he literally owns a soup kitchen. But, uh, yeah, they, they, they saved their friend, I guess. They're like, hey. Fucking, fucking stop that. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> he opens the door. And he he throws door Reed and like, I can't remember what happened. I quit. <laughs> just leave. And then Reed's was actually kind of scary. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I, well, I got questions about that. What happened. So right, right after, right after she gets released, he goes in the expository dialogue, right? Explaining what it is. Yeah. He's yeah, like, right. all right, well, let me tell you my whole plan. <laughs> Let me tell you what it is. Let me tell you how the soup is made. Um, which is basically, uh, I was on an expedition and I came across this tribe somewhere in Africa, I think. And you gave me the statue. And they're they're complete. I think they're pacifists, or they they never had to have a armed conflict because they've had the statue. Right. And uh, the statue feeds on people's fears. I've been putting their fear into the soup. And for some reason, when people eat fear, it tastes really, really good. So <laughs> I've heard worse. There you go. I've heard worse explanations. <laughs> probably on episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark? I don't know. Probably like a kid that died of the cold when it was 70 degrees out because <laughs> he didn't have a fucking windbreaker. See, see, I think Gordon Ramsay took this episode to heart. <laughs> And that's why he's like screaming at people who are cooking because he's like, their fear will make this filet mignon delicious. It works. Look at him, man. Does uh, it? Because he's like, they, you bark it! <laughs> like, <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> Another thing I hate, uh, uh, okay, tangent time. Another thing I hate about those fucking shows is that it's like, you know, it's not like real food critics who go into these restaurants on these shows and try food. It's like somebody who's like, I want a ticket on the radio and me and my family are going. And then they want to be fucking posh. Like the family, it's like, you just went to fucking Applebee's and now you want to correct like a filet mignon? Like, suck a dick. You don't know shit about fine cooking. Go get your fucking microwaved Applebee's bullshit. You fucking piece of shit. Fucking reviewing food by like master chefs. It's like I've worked my whole life as a chef. They're like, I like the quesadilla burger better. <laughs> they probably don't have to say quesadilla, right? They, they, they definitely say quesadilla. Quesadilla. 100%. Yeah, whatever. But uh, yeah, okay, moving on. <laughs> so after he explains the plan to him and what's going on, he's just like, hey, go in that room. <laughs> and they're like, okay. He's like, okay, no, what, no, Reed, what I do? Reed, uh, he volunteers to go in. He's yeah. like, I'll do this shit. And he goes in, and uh, his fear is a coffin. And inside the coffin is a person. Now, there's two ways. How did you interpret this? Because I interpret it in two different ways. 
It was his dad. Okay. That's how, that, that was the logical way. I didn't know at first if it was supposed to be his dad or if it was him growing older and dying, which is what he's afraid no, of. No, I'm pretty sure it was his dad. Yeah, because he already mentioned that he's a loner, like he has nobody, and that's why he needs a job. And that's why he goes to interview and completely fucks it up and gets hired anyways. <laughs> yeah, so his dad is uh, his, his fear. His, not only his dad, but the death of his father. Um which is like, wow, shit got real. Yeah, she got real, real quick. And there isn't enough Campbell's fear. And it's, um, yeah, she's, she's scared of close spaces. <laughs> she's claustrophobic. Um, Which is fair. But Which is fair. Why it works, why it works is because Nev Campbell sells that shit. There's a part when she's in the, she gets put in the room and she's like, I'm not scared. I'm scared of being in the room, period. And she starts crying and she sells it because she's a good actress. I like everybody else in this episode. <laughs> and you watch that scene where she's screaming out to Reed to help her. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's why Nev Campbell went on to become a star. <laughs> it's because Nev Campbell yeah. is a good actress. Reed's just sitting in the chair. Ghost! <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Give that motherfucker a Scooby snack. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, he's he's running around the halls. Or for some reason, the ghost is... For some reason, fear is so scary. Oh, that's why. Fucking, they open the door and the goddamn gargoyle fucking flies out in the best in the best bout of animation <laughs> ever. Looks great. <laughs> Definitely not just copy and paste it and then move real quick. <laughs> and they have ruined the world. <laughs> so because it's free, uh, it's able to scare everybody just normally, uh, just on the real world. So Reed uh, stands up against his fear. And because of that, it defeats the gargoyle. And he's able to save Neff Campbell before she gets made into a pancake because the walls in a room that she was already afraid of because of her claustrophobia. They're like, no, walls got to go in on her also. <laughs> <laughs> so this gargoyle is just being a dick at this point. Um, but uh, yeah, they're like, hey, we did it. We solved everything. Yay us. And then they get pushed into <laughs> the room and locked in there and the gargoyle's back. And it's like, just kidding. Uh, your fears still work, and the episode ends. <laughs> yep, that was not a fun ending. <laughs> I liked that ending the best because it was a dark ending. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I'm like, well, right. we gave this kid, we gave this kid a coat, and now he's not cold, and now here's a whole bunch of gold doubloons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one's like, you only thought you've defeated fear, but now I'm gonna wave a gun in your face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna shoot you. <laughs> I'm going to shoot you dead. <laughs> Dr. Fink just opens up the little door, just puts a gun through there. <laughs> it's going to fucking ice you now. <laughs> the car goes like, oh, wait, no. <laughs> I'm in the room still. <laughs> Please. My fear is watching somebody get shot. <laughs> Dangerous soup, and then it ends with them going. Well, soup sure is scary, isn't it? And there, I mean, the the wraparound was that one of the kids in the Midnight Society says he's not afraid of anything, and then it's like, oh yeah, well I have this box. Put your put your hand in. It's just got one hole in it. It's clearly a glory hole. Um, but yeah. he's he's like, like, oh God, that's a penis. He's like, I'm terrified of penises. He's like, put your hand in the hole. And he was like, uh. I'm going home. It's like, see, 
And it's like, I thought he was afraid of anything. It's like, what was in there? Exactly what he's afraid of. Nothing. And he opens it up and his dick is in there. And then he like reaches in and it's his hand holding a gun. He's like, I'm going home. I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. Please don't shoot me. Like, what was he scared of? It's like like the episodes of Rocky and Bullwinkle whenever Bullwinkle will pull the lion out of the fucking out of the hat, but just like a hand with a gun. (laughs) And if you like that, you'll love this. Go to the next segment. Uh, Which brings us to our next episode. Baby Goose! Segway. Yes, the episode starring Baby Goose. And uh, you want to start it off? You want me to? (laughs) Well, this one actually has two celebrities. Yes, it does. We'll get to the the other one. (laughs) We'll get to the other one. We'll get. We'll keep it as a surprise until we. Uh, You go ahead and start off, and I'll I'll just kind of intercede. All right. So episode starts up. Dead kid. Um. (laughs) Yep, (laughs) dead kid. And I will say, is that the same kid who plays the ghost kid? Dude, I thought I thought that also. The ghost. Yeah, I thought that also, but I don't think it is. But I thought for a while. Yeah, he, while. I think his face is slightly uglier. Yeah, they're a stupid Canadians. <laughs> they <laughs> both have that same haircut though, and he also has an ear piercing. Yeah, he's super cool. Yeah, probably probably does some sweet ass trick on that skateboard, and oh. by that I mean he drives a straight line with his helmet and pads on. That's how you do it cool. Yeah, super nineties, cool. bro. He uh yeah, but he's like he's, dog. he's drinking a Capri Sun. He's got the nineties haircut. Uh, like the split in the middle, John Connor thing. <laughs> what yep. the fuck cut was that called? I don't know. The middle part with the um and, uh, We all had it. We all had it. <laughs> but yeah, opens up with a dead kid. Turns out he's not actually dead. Turns out this kid is just goth as fuck. He's super goth. This kid is super fucking goth. And I don't know if I agree with the end message of this episode, which I'll get to. But anyways, kid is super goth. He is. Yeah, he has like his bedroom set up like a funeral viewing. Yeah. See, I thought they worked at a funeral home. And little did I realize, it took me like half the episode to realize like they have nothing to do with the funeral home. This kid is just obsessed with death. (laughs) And what was the excuse? It was because of like. They played hide and seek in her graveyard, and now he's obsessed with death. Yeah, something. Like, it's weird, because so his mom comes, opens up the windows, and she's like, will you wake the fuck up? <laughs> he's like, all right, I'm up. Like, come, come down and get breakfast, you piece of shit. And he's like, that's how moms normally talk to kids. It's fine. Um, and so he goes down to breakfast uh, with his parents and his brother, who's Baby Goose. <laughs> his little Ryan Gosling is his brother. Um, and watching this episode, I realized that Ryan Gosling acts about the same. <laughs> That's about the same level of acting then. Hey, Ryan Gosling's great. I'm Fuck kidding. You. I love Ryan Gosling. Um, uh, but you can definitely see, like, he still has some mannerisms he uses now that he had back in this episode as I think he was yeah. 13 years old in this episode. But, um, but yeah, they're all sitting, young as fuck. Yeah, they're sitting at dinner and, uh, like, he's saying, like, super weird, morbid shit, which is like, He's basically having, like, 
the dialogue exchange from Return of Living Dead when Trash is talking about getting raped by a bunch of dead people, <laughs> dead old men. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's, he's, he's around like, me. He's one it's step away from way. getting on top of that kitchen table naked and dancing. Showing his 12-year-old dick. <laughs> Just hanging dong. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, he's like, like I, I don't even know what their dinner is. They're eating, they're eating like... Meatloaf, it was shrimp and mashed potatoes. <laughs> it <was a> shrimp, <laughs> but it's meatloaf. Also, and he just buries the shrimp and the mashed potatoes. Like, hey, fucking, can you imagine bodies being buried for however long, and then they're they're dead longer than they're alive, or whatever the fuck he says? And his parents are like, we have to get this kid help immediately. <laughs> uh, but then we're introduced. Like his brother, Baby Goose, is obsessed with cars um i think does her family own oh. no it's like a friend of his that owns that's just the next door to her house the yeah, body he's, shop? Like, he's like showing him how to be a mechanic yeah yeah um so ryan gosling is into uh cars um and to be quite frank he's kind of tired of his uh, brother's bullshit <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and understandably. <laughs> understandably. He's saying all kinds of weird morbid shit all the time. He's just like, dude, I just want to be a fucking kid. Will you like, will you like go please somewhere? stop being a fucking asshole? Like, yeah. So uh the the mechanic gets in a um a hearse. A hearse. Yep. Um but it's like an old hearse. Like it barely looks like a hearse. <laughs> like it doesn't have like a extended back. Like that much, it doesn't even look like it. it it's a pretty old hearse. Um, and uh, Ryan Gosling tricks uh, his brother. What's his brother's name? <laughs> we're just called brother think, Ryan Gosling. Mike, huh? Ryan Gosling's name is Jamie. I think Mike is his brother's name. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, let me double check. Jamie and Chris. Chris. Uh, so uh, Ryan Gosling decides to play a prank on Chris. Uh, he locks him in the back of the hearse, or he doesn't even lock him in the. He, he does lock him in the back of the hearse, but it, yeah, he locks him. It, it takes no coercing <laughs> at all. He's just like, yeah, he's just like, I want to go in the hearse. He's like, just hey, hop in the back of this hearse. Like, okay, and the kid goes to the back of the hearse. Immediately acts like he's dead. Immediately play. This kid is goth as fuck. This kid is awesome. <laughs> this kid is one Cure album away from his whole life making sense. <laughs> I would say the Cure is that bad. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that that's going to be one of those gateway bands that's going to get him further down. He's like, dude. He's gonna his first cure album watches night fucking nightmare before Christmas for the first time. He's like, Holy shit, this makes sense now. Um, I'm going to hot topic. <laughs> <laughs> Everything clicked that day. Um but yeah, he immediately pretends to be dead inside of the uh, hearse. Ryan Gosling locks him in there. Lock but just locks the back. I don't even think the front is even locked. Yeah, I know, and then he hides and then gets a car battery and powers on the, the hearse. And the kid's like, why is it turning on? Yeah. And there's a radio station playing 109.1. Well, the, the tracker the tracker on the radio goes all the way until it's off the grid. 
it goes all the way to the side. You can't even see it. So it's some hidden, hidden station. Yeah, one hundred nine point one. Yep. Yeah. So after that, uh, it, the station starts talking about like it's an interdimensional radio station, and we can help you find your way. And blah 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 blah. And if you've passed on, and he's like, "Whoa, this is ghost station. That's crazy." And then Ryan Gosling turns around, and there's a strange man in a suit behind him, going like, "Can you help me find my way home?" And he's like, "Uh, no, thanks, Mister." <laughs> like, fuck! I was totally gonna get down on some baby goose. <laughs> <laughs> We're having Christmas goose early. <laughs> American pie that goose (laughs) Um, so where was I Uh, yeah so they go back and the kid's like obsessed with finding out what this radio station is and he goes on some high tech website back in the day on his little computer (laughs) it's so so ahead of its time (laughs) so ahead of its time and he finds a website that can track radio station addresses, and I'm like, "Damn, okay, like that's convenient." Yeah, especially for that time. And um, so he types in the radio station. He's like, "Weird, nobody owns this radio station." But wait a minute, here's where it's coming from. And he goes to the address and he sees a bunch of people asking for help getting home. And he's like, I'm sorry, I don't know where your home is. And he goes inside and he sees a line of people waiting and a little window closed. It says, please do not knock on window. Which he immediately does. Which he immediately knocks on. And I'll let you introduce this character. <laughs> And who emerges from the window but one real dead person, Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually just his job now. This is what he does. Since he yeah, died. this is actually what he does now. When you die, you're going to be greeted by Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> With a fake mole on his face. <laughs> Which I'd be fine with because I love Gilbert Gottfried. I do too. <laughs> Like, this is amazing. Paige, on the other hand, that would literally be hell for her. She hates Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> She's yeah. like, I'm so glad he's dead. Like, and, Gilbert, and Gilbert Gottfried, let's just say he is not happy <laughs> to see Chris. <laughs> he doesn't like he's happy to see anybody. No, so turns out Gilbert is the one running the radio station. And the radio station is actually being used to take people who have died, but their spirits are on the mortal plane, and now they're sending them back to heaven and or hell. Yeah. (sighs) So as uh, he's saying that, he's like, okay, kid, I'm slapping this little wristband. uh, What are those called? The slap wristband? Dude, yeah. They they didn't give a fuck about that. (laughs) Like the costume department's like, I don't fucking know. Just get one of these snap wristbands from the '90s, where you could just go and you know, straight slap band, slap band, slap band. Yeah, just slap on the wrist and it wraps around. Like, yeah. they're like, just print some fucking numbers on it. As a matter of fact, just hand me that fucking sharpie. <laughs> We're getting this done. I'm just gonna write it on there. And 
Yeah, so Gilbert puts that on him. He's like, all right, so now wait for your number to be called, and then you'll go to the afterlife. And he's like, no, I'm not dead. Come on, man, I'm not dead. So he runs away. He runs home, but now he's wearing the ghost band. He's trying to tell Jamie, baby goose, jamie.babygoose at gmail.com. <laughs> he's trying to tell him, Jamie, I'm here. Like, please help, help me, Jamie. But Jamie's just having a conversation on the phone, and he thinks he's ignoring him. So he goes to swat the phone out of Jamie's hand, but it goes right through him. And he goes, oh, gosh. <laughs> and he runs outside and ends up back in the waiting room. So the numbers are being called, and he sees one man who didn't apparently live a very good life because he was scared to death. He's like, please, please don't take me. They throw there, and Gilbert's like, he didn't lead a good life. <laughs> and they're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so he's like, come on, mister, I'm not dead, I'm a kid. He's like, nah, nah, you're, you're, uh, fuck, what was it, got Charles... Dunham or something like that. Yeah, Charles Dunham. Something like that. He's like, You're Charles Dunham, that's you. And he's like, No, I'm not. I'm Mike. Daniel Mike. Daniel Carpenter. Daniel Carpenter. He's like, You're Daniel Carpenter. He's like, No, I'm not. I'm not Daniel Carpenter. And he's like, sure you are. Fuck it. No, he's like, No, nah, I don't give a fuck. You're Daniel Carpenter and you're gonna die. And so eventually when he leaves the radio booth after doing his little radio program. He finds the radio show that his big brother, Jamie, babygoose.gmail, loves to listen to and gets on that wavelength and starts telling him, hey, help, 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 help. And he's like, oh, he's bullshit and this is stupid. And I'm like, damn, that's like a really hard prank to pull off back then for no reason. <laughs> and Come on, baby goose. <laughs> yeah, come on, baby goose. Give him some credit. And... So he goes uh, in uh, outside, and there's Daniel Carpenter saying, please help me get home. And he's like, nah, man, I don't know where your home is. And he turns around, he's gone. Then he turns around again, he's right in front of him. And he's like, help me get home. <laughs> and he goes inside. And now he's inside. Now he's running away and trying to hide throughout the house. And he, eventually he gets into his brother's room where Daniel Carpenter is as well he's like okay baby goose we have very important things to work on to save me and your brother <laughs> so i am your father baby goose uh, so he sits down he sees the address that his brother typed in the computer which is amazing that computer did not turn itself off by now um finds the address windows 95 <laughs> yeah and they are taking his brother away, these little spirits. And he's like, no, like, that's my brother. This is Daniel Carpenter. He's like, yeah, I'm Daniel Carpenter. I'm supposed to go, not that kid. And it's <laughs> me, also I want to like, die. <laughs> I'm, also, I'm like, how did Daniel Carpenter not know where to go? But he knew his brother was in trouble. <laughs> Whatever. Um, moving on. Um, so Gilbert Godfrey's like, Wait, you're Daniel Carpenter? He's like, yeah, I'm the old man who's dressed for a funeral, and that's a small child. <laughs> and they're like, and he just goes, eh, whatever. So they throw him in anyway, and Jamie's like, no. 
<laughs> and then it shakes and he's like, huh, that's weird. And then that spits him back out. He's like, they said it wasn't my time yet. And he's like, ah, crap, I'm going to have a bad review. <laughs> and then Daniel Carpenter's like, oh, can I have that wristband? That slap band's sick, bro. And he throws the slap band on him. Uh, Daniel Carpenter twists his hat that wasn't there backwards yeah. and roller skates into the afterlife. Yeah, I mean, he, he his name is also Poochie now. <laughs> yeah, Poochie had to go home. And I'm here to stay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and he goes in and they're like, oh, is, is it going to be bad? And he's like, nah, that guy, super cool guy. He's going to have a great time. <laughs> you're a piece of shit, probably, though. Yeah. He's like, you, kid, you're really annoying, <laughs> so you're going to die bad. You better stay away from guns for a while. <laughs> so, yeah. So Gilbert Godfrey's like, yeah, okay, you're good. See you later. And the end, baby goose. <laughs> well, the end The end is the kid's not goth anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. You look like... He's like, let's go play baseball. He's like, all right, like playing baseball. <laughs> His clothes have color now. <laughs> the anti-goth sport, <laughs> baseball. Baseball, the most ungoth thing you can do. <laughs> Next to maybe golf, like <laughs> tennis. Mm, tennis is close. Tennis is close. <laughs> one of those uh upper class sports yeah for sure uh yeah that, that one's a pretty good episode yeah it is it's uh uh what, which one is your favorite out of the three honestly after rewatching them i would say the the tale of station 109.1 i would say dangerous soup yeah because nev campbell was best Acting out of all of them because <laughs> I just like looking at Nev Campbell. Um, no, it's when she's <laughs> underage. <laughs> she's not. She's in her twenties on that episode. She is. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is only two years before she did Scream. She's already in her twenties. At a point. Are you looking it up? <laughs> no, I'm not looking it up. <laughs> you want to look it up no, I got a message. <laughs> You message Paige. Paige, guess what? <laughs> it wasn't creepy. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that weird, Paige. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're afraid of the dark is uh is is a show. And I, I feel like we'll probably do this again. We'll talk about a few more episodes. Um me and Blaze have a close connection with Are You Afraid of the Dark because when we first started hanging out, we used to party at his house. And uh-huh. uh had a little fire pit there <laughs> and we would do <laughs> midnight society meetings there after being pretty fucking drunk. <laughs> yeah. Not as child friendly. And yeah, the story normally involved Zebo the clown <laughs> and Ryan Gosling <laughs> and a myriad of situations. It's basically just them teaming up all the time, but <laughs> it was a thing. Um, but yeah, are you afraid of the dark? Check yeah. It out. I've, it's still the big nostalgia trip for me that I love. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not, it's not bad. Um, I mean, they, they didn't age terribly. I mean, you being older, you can tell the demographic they're aimed at, but I mean, yeah, I mean, you can't make something that's actually fucking scary for a group aimed at kids. Yeah. 
you know, not allowed. Um, so, yeah. There's some celebrity Are You Afraid of the Darks for you. You're welcome, fuckers. See you later, fuckers. We're <laughs> <laughs> anyway, ending now. To our next segment. Another curation in Blaze's cabinet of video game curiosities. All right. So, you said you had a couple of video yeah, games. Yeah, I got two video games. Uh, these are both uh, free games on itch.io slash games, uh, which is a website where a lot of indie people uh, kind of work on their chops uh, to get things going. And I had two because I thought, why not have also kind of an anthology kind of thing? So the first one is called uh, VHS Slaughter. And you are a character that works at a video store. Sergeant Slaughter? No. Is a Sergeant Slaughter working at a video store? No. Can you create a character and make a Sergeant Slaughter? No. Before you say anything else? No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. Um, but yeah, so... Um, for some reason, your character is constantly waking up late. Um, but you go to the store, you keep getting notes from your shitty co-worker who's saying he left early because I got a date or some came up or blah, 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 blah. Like a bunch of stupid stuff like that. It's like, take out the garbage, please. So you do the chores around. You help some customers. Some days go by. And that's when shit starts getting bad. Because some kind of creepy guy comes in. And he's like, hey, I don't have any money. But me and my chick want to watch some tapes. Give me one for free. And you're like, um, no. <laughs> that's, that's against store policy. I can't do that. And he's like, I'll remember this. So... Eventually, while you're working, lights start going out. The doorbell keeps ringing and ringing and ringing, and nobody's there. And uh, eventually, you find that shitty coworker slaughtered in the room. And now your job is to escape this maniac who's in there killing you. Um, What's the name of this VHS game? Slaughter on okay. itch.io slash games. All right. Um, and the second game we have is called Another Princess is in the Castle. Oh, boy. <laughs> and it is actually like a kind of like a modded first-person Mario 64. But in this one, like, it looks just like Mario 64. But you go in and all the rooms are boarded up. And your job is to kind of collect the keys and get the rooms reopened. And you go in, and it seems kind of normal, but there's chests everywhere. And you walk into the only open room, and there's a lantern in the room. And when you grab it, the music slows down. Creepy music is in place. It gets dark. And now there is a monstrous ghost version of Princess Peach and a zombie toad chasing you throughout the building as you collect the keys to go through and get all the rooms open for Mario 64. Nice. Yeah, I thought it was a very... Very topical. Very topical. But yeah, so they are... Uh, something that I've really been enjoying is the itch.io because you can get a lot of like bot games and stuff like that 
from a lot of the people who do like from the darkness or anything like that. Uh, and a lot of times they'll be free on there for you to try first and then, you know, donate to whoever's cre- creating the game instead of paying like a, a set price on steam. So I recommend those two games are fun to play. Uh, they're quick to get through and uh, just something to check out for your next uh, next time you got some free time. Nice. Yeah, I thought when you first talked about the uh, first one, I look it up. It almost sounded like that new game that came out, Rewind or Die. Yeah, it, this actually came out before, though. Yeah. Did you play Rewind or Die yet? Yeah, I'm going to. It looks good. It should. I made it. Really? Just like all those musics? Oh, that's great. All the songs. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm like the Ryan Gosling of our generation, so. <laughs> Big Goose. He's Big Goose. <laughs> hey, Big Papa Big Goose. Papa Goose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, awesome. Cool. Well, there you go, guys. You got two for one. We got a folk tale today? We do. All right. Then that means we do have another entry in Mythology Biology. So what is the story? We're going to Slavic mythology today. Nope. To Choose a, another one. To a woodland creature that would <laughs> possibly haunt the kids who were telling stories in the dark because that's kind of hard to find a specific thing to go with. <laughs> is it cold? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Nobody's had a chance to ask is he guarding a bunch of gold doubloons? Maybe. <laughs> like, is he Gilbert Gottfried? Maybe he's making soup. <laughs> if anything, he's helping make some soup ingredients. <laughs> That's for sure. And I gotta admit, I, I feel like this has gotta be some inspiration for Slender Man. Okay. Especially when you see the artwork of him. Uh it's called a Zerdaye. Um, it is a night spirit, and it is described as thin as tree branches and so long in stature that he can warm his hands on the top of a chimney. So these creatures would go around and kind of blend in with the trees and follow lost travelers or try and kidnap kids. Um, they were believed to walk aimlessly through the streets and look through windows of houses and sometimes knocking on them. Uh, in Russia, they're considered tall and very thin and uh, also um, derived from the word zerd, Z-H-E-R-D, meaning wooden pole-like. And uh, there's actually another word called Z-H-I-R-D-Y-A-Y, which is actually a Russian term for making fun of overweight people. <laughs> how do you, how do you, so they're like, you guys, how do you spell, how do you spell Zerdier? Uh, so you spell it with Z with an umlaut, J E R D J A J. A J Zerdier. Or you okay. can try Z H E R D Y A Y. No, I found it. I found this picture of one twerking. Yeah, that's that's them. So that's yeah. why I think it's very uh, Slender Man like. Um, yeah, very much. And 
It was also uh, something people used to try and keep their kids from going out and getting lost at night, saying that lost children would be captured by these things. And uh, a lot of people believe that they were possibly something that was alive. And there's a specific gate that actually lets them go from their world into ours. But once they get here, they have no purpose. They don't know what's going on. And they just kind of wander. So scaring the shit out of people or kidnapping kids lost in the woods, trying to get some sort of significance in their life. Um, Seems like just my normal life. Yeah, kidnapping kids in the woods. <laughs> hey, you got you to do- you have to find something to give yourself purpose, man. I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Eating kids. They don't taste as good as dangerous soup. <laughs> but uh, not dangerous enough. Yeah, so it's uh, it's got to be like the way they picture them as these tall, white, lanky creatures. And you just think that's Slender Man. <laughs> that's got to be what Slender Man was based off of. Yeah, it looks like I mean, they look very similar. Yeah. So Zerdier, there you go. Nice. Cool. All right. Well, that is another episode of Blade at Apples. Yeah. Uh, next episode. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this Make time we should do a poll. Let's do a poll or try poll. and get in touch with uh, Dan and Cindy. Yeah. Get them on. Got a couple other people I'd like to reach out to get guests, guest guests on here. Um, yeah, maybe somebody's not too busy now. <laughs> we, we had on the hook, kind of on the hook. We're not going to say his Don't say his name because I'm, I'm going to try his name. I'm going to say his name, but somebody that had a big year last year. Um, and is uh, we were very surprised whenever this person said yes, that he will come on and let us interview him. And now every time we reach out to him, uh, he's too busy, which may be true. <laughs> it could be true. Uh, it could be. A, I mean, he was nice enough to reply to us. Yeah, and keep in touch with us. Um, every time, every time, you reach out to him. He at least like he at least lets us know. So yeah, but I don't know. I'm gonna try again. Maybe he's not doing anything. Right. <laughs> you annoying him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's some other people who want to get on the show. Um, including if you have something you want to promote. Uh, you want to come on here and talk some horror movies with us or horror TV or art or whatever you can. Um, you can reach us by email at bladedapplespod at gmail.com or the Bladed Apples podcast Instagram page, which we check more often. Uh, you can message us on there as well. Um, what does our Facebook even look like? Uh, non-existent. No, it's just there. It's just, I, I don't know. I, I I made it just so it's there, um, but I never. You should check it. <laughs> should. Um, oh well. <laughs> <laughs> just like a shit ton of messages. We're like, fuck. <laughs> it's that person just messages me like, I'm ready. I'm ready to go on the show. <laughs> and I just go in there. I, I I've known the whole time it's been delete. <laughs> delete. <laughs> You're like, I just I like fucking with Blaze. Him and him, so we could talk shit about him eventually. I just like <laughs> fucking with Blaze. 
just until you know you snap and and you take me out and you just call it blazed apples. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can reach us on those. Tell us what your favorite episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark is. Tell us uh, what you want to hear. Uh, if there's an episode you want to request, if there's something that you don't agree with, if you just want to say, "Hey, Rocky." If you want to salute you. your shorts, let us know. <laughs> salute your shorts. We need to do this episode. Just talk about that one episode of salute your shorts, or get like that another like weird Halloween. We'll make time a Patreon episode. and have people pay us to listen to the salute your shorts fifteen minute episode. <laughs> so you get two bucks. All right. <laughs> hey, two dollars means a lot. Like, I mean, somebody's listening. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you can reach us doing that. Um, thanks to uh, Stefan Mize for doing our art. Check him out on uh, Instagram, Stefan Mize, S T E F A N M E I S E, or Colin Panther Tattoo Parlor. He did our art. He's an awesome guy, awesome tattoo artist. Check him out and Blaze for. Being an awesome co-host and trying yet a different recording program. So if this sounds like shit, send your hate mail to Blaze because yeah. this is his stupid idea. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to try something new. <laughs> I want to do anything. Anything that makes me feel. <laughs> Even if it's kidnapping kids or the fuck that joke we said a little bit ago. <laughs> I already forgot. <laughs> I'm turning on channel 109.1. <laughs> Yeah, anything else to add? See you later, fuckers. There you go. Remember, every day is Halloween, so please act accordingly. Bye-bye. Fuckers. Bye.